The following pendant production. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the commentary for the Kingery, season eight, episode ten, Healing Work. With me here is the author of this episode, uh, Perry Whittle. Hello. And of course, our assistant director, Bruce Busby. Hello. And uh, we start right in the middle of some uh, some action here, um, as uh, chaos is ensuing on the thoroughfare. Um, got a. Uh, of course, we've got Renee Christine Jones as Sox and Christopher Gilstrap as Cal here. And um, I'll be honest, Perry, when I first read this episode, I wasn't quite sure what was happening here since we kind of started in the middle of the action. So, um, but I mean, I, I like it. It was, it was it was a fun thing to to to, to mix all the uh, different sound effects in the background. Yeah, lovely, lovely sound effects, and. Um, you know, this is kind of like one of my, uh, uh, I used to um, be a, a gag cartoonist, and one of my favorite, kinds, I, I didn't draw these kinds of cartoons, but um, I appreciate the, the ones that I do see. One of my favorite kinds of cartoons is something where some physical comedy has happened, and you look at the cartoon and the words that people are saying and you have to work out exactly what it was that happened, what somebody was trying to do and, you know, what happened. And um, I, that's just when you were talking about that, that's what this reminded me of. It's like, here they are sitting by the side of the road. All, all this sound effect chaos going on around them. And how do we as, work our way backwards yes as as sock says a lot of shit went down <laughs> exactly and, and it's fun just hearing her just recounting the stories it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and cal is just his jaw is just dropping and dropping and dropping <laughs> oh and, and by the way for this episode uh, i directed all the socks related scenes and then bruce did all the other related scenes so that's how that division of labor worked out <laughs> Sorry, you were saying something. Oh yeah, I was just uh, I was liking um, Christopher Gilstrap's performance of yeah. You can't remember every little thing when your bus is on fire. He, he plays it very cool. You know, yes. for the most part. Yes. It's just a, what a good cop would do. Right. A good cop who's been warned not to upset somebody. Exactly, especially someone like Sox, who yeah, we don't upset her. Yeah, and I like that you have a, a dog bark in the background <laughs> when she's talking about swerving to avoid the dog, and I, I, I guess that has to be there. I, I didn't realize well, it, it, but you it did. It didn't have to it be, but it has around to be. the corner. No, no, I off. think you're. I think you're right. It has to be there so that we know Sox is telling the truth, because yeah. otherwise, we might think she was lying yeah. about all this stuff. I, I thought it was just a, a cute little, uh, cute little thing. <laughs> yes, yes, it's very good. As well as the explosion there. <laughs> yes, right. And so the pattern of this episode is supposed to illustrate that um, Sox is crap at everything, at every job she tries. And um, I think the thing is that nobody, everybody wants to fire her, but nobody wants to call it that. Right. Because they'll get in trouble right. with, you know, somebody, with, with her Tommy, friends. probably. So they all offer her money, which she doesn't really care about. Anyway, <laughs> that was my... Well, take fun. on all of that. I'm excited. And here we uh, move over to uh, Tithia and Hebe, uh, played by uh, Catherine Pride and uh, and Jason R. Wallace, as they're going on their not a date to see a play. Um, 
And uh, Jennings, the chauffeur, returns. Uh, he was he's played by Russell Gold. He appeared in the first episode of the season, uh, getting on the wrong side of Major and Kalog. So uh, we're glad to see he's still alive after all that. Yes. In, in this one, I had to check with you, Dave, to make sure that it made sense that when Hebe moves, there's sort of like a up and down, yeah. more or less power on those mag uh, levitation doodads he's got now for legs. Yeah, and that, it sounds great, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, now he has no bottom half for now. He, he's just hovering, and it, it works out well for him. Oh, and, and and Perry, the the youthful use of these words like "abso" it's just so so tweeterific. <laughs> I wanted to say, I wanted to say thanks to Pete Lutz for sacrificing your body for this role. Speaking of, oh, the, uh, from, from oh I'm sorry, that's that's the next scene. Yeah, next scene. But yeah. Well, I suppose I should thank Jason R. Wallace also yes. because he's got the um, mag thrusters instead of legs. <laughs> so yeah, Jennings is just sort of um, a fan of everything. Yeah, it, it's it's a nice little bit of continuity uh, since we had him in earlier this season, bringing him back for for this. And you kind of wonder, he seemed like a tourist uh, in the last episode, so I don't know, maybe he uh, lost his shirt and is just having to work it off or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think there's that, and I think there's um. Well, he maybe just likes it there. Yeah. That's, he's he's still a fan of Tommy. He's a fan. He's a fan of everybody. As a matter of fact. <laughs> yes, I believe he was he was cheating at gambling in order to get to meet Tommy. Right. Um, so he's, he he's really loved that line. By the way, just that 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 exclamation about Hebe would just made her crack up. <laughs> Although, I'm going to guess that you are not a chemistry major. Perry. No, certainly not. Okay, because the Avogadro constant. I, it, it, I, I am a chemistry major, and so it, it was a little, you know, it's only known to about ten digits, so. Oh. Oh, well. That's okay. Math is hard. I don't. I don't think most of the uh, the listening audience really gives a rat's patoot. So <laughs> I saw I throw that in there to show I'm a smart bastard. There you go. Very good. Yeah, it was one thing when when it was focused on her, but now that it's focused on Hebe, it's a lot more entertaining. Right. Exactly. And, and that repetition of Hebe's line actually allowed him to sound somewhat peeved that he was interrupted. That was a nice a nice take. <laughs> and just he's so over the top here. I love Russell. He, I'm glad we were able yes. to get him back. He's got such yes. a great voice too. Yes. Now we have to head to the sparkle pool. Here's Pete Lutz as the uh the uh pained uh, massage client. And Melissa Bartell is Kenda. Limp into my office and we'll discuss a settlement. As soon as I talk about this. Poor guy. And, and thanks to Pete for, I, for giving me a lot of extra grunting and groaning on his lines. I was able to kind of work under the scene. Yeah, you use those to good effect. Mm-hmm. If I can use stuff like that, I will. I'll I'll use extra laughs or whatever. 
just to add a little more sound to the scene <laughs> as he goes away. But this just isn't firing me. That's not something I'd want anybody to say. I tried to help Kenda. So I, so that's not something I'd want anybody to say. That's, I mean, I think that's that's you know part of. The, you know, one of the motivators behind all these people who are hiring socks is right. nobody nobody wants to anyone to say that they fired her. Right. Um, it's like if you have the boss's kid. You don't want to be the person that has to fire the boss's kid. Right. And it kind of is in this case, too, although not exactly. And now we're in the uh, Gorlockology Center as we get another returning uh, character um, from episode three, Eddie. Was uh, one of the haters who was uh, Good work heals you know, making fun of Kalok uh, a while back and got his ass kicked by uh, Zeph and got his jaw broken, as we find here. So, welcome back, Richard Casto. And you can, he, he went to some trouble to actually sound like while Gorlock may have helped in the healing of his jaw, it may not be a complete heal job. That's right. He still got a few wires in there. I didn't recognize you fully dressed. Yeah. Of course, that's Brian Reed as Zeph, and uh, also we have Andrew Hackley joining the cast as Dokken, um, and I think he does a really good job here right out of the gate. It sounds divine. Well, we had him join last episode, actually, so. So it looks like your jaw healed. So, he's got a bit more in this episode. You two met before. Yeah, I broke Eddie's jaw. Oh, by the way, my name is Zeph. Oh, shit. This is going to be awkward. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> it was a lot of really interesting pacing to do here to make it sound reasonably natural. Mm-hmm. One who shouted insults at strangers and picked fights with everybody. Gorlock changed you. My work through Gorlock healed my heart and transformed me. There's that thing again, working with Gorlock transforming you. Kind of like uh, Cass has been claiming. Wow. That's part of the Gorlock, uh, Tenets of Gorlock, I believe, and um, sort of led into the title, um, because both Sox uh, is interested in getting healed through work, and so is, uh, you know, uh, Zeph is spending a lot, time, a lot of time looking into Gorlockology and the Gorlock Center, and they also believe that uh, work heals. Eddie, why are some of you wearing and some really good background noise here, uh, Bruce, with the uh, workshop noises. Well, I, I, was, I took a, a cue from what Perry had written, so it actually has little tinker noises. I mean, it's, it's like tiny hammers or something beating on things. And I, I like to build a complicated background for these things. It just makes me feel happy. However, we don't usually talk about the prophecy on an initial tour. It sounds really good. You can get all the little Gorlockian elves working hard there. Trying to ascend. But most people aren't interested in our beliefs. But we are. Dokken knows all about it. What was that question you had? The prophecy says Gorlock's chosen will ascend, right? How does that happen? They ascend with the entire planet. So with a wonderfully smart ass delivery. Like you know, change its orbit. It's, it's, it's a nice little dichotomy here because we've got Zeph who's totally trying to call it out on his bullshit and there's Dokken who, okay, maybe there's something to this, I don't know. Keep an open mind. And, and, and so the phrase is just a metaphor. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, Perry, if, you, if that came to you courtesy of Book of Mormon or not, but that's what it <laughs> no. made me think of. Ah. 
And oh, there's a familiar voice right there. You check the wiring, right? Perry is hooks here as well. Oh yeah. And um, I just uh, just this needed a little silent film comedy music here as uh, Sock zaps the hell out of hooks for the second time in this series. <laughs> this time unintentionally. First time he knows it was her. <laughs> My tongue is hot. <laughs> Keep reminding you of Jar Jar Binks after he got zapped. My tongue is numb. I know. Phantom Menace, we don't want to speak of it too much. The transport center, where we ship the goods we manufacture and receive deliveries. Is that part of the tour? I'm sorry, sir. No. I was going to propose that our next stop. Why can't we see the transport center? Fuck it out, Seth. That's a heavily mechanized portion <laughs> of our compound. We have no that secrets, but uh, you just can't go behind that door. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about see, it. There's no wild conspiracy here. I'm interested in how things work. Just like you're interested in how faith works. I assure you, I took no offense. Now, let's continue <laughs> to the cafeteria where light refreshments are available. Uh, I'll catch up. But <clears throat> Brian Reed's performance uh, of "Gotta Take a Piss" is just amazing. It's amazing. You, you can you can hear him hopping mentally from it's foot to foot. Absolutely. I never heard "Blue Whale" though. I've heard "Horse," so this has to go really bad. I think the original term is "I got to see a man about a dog." Um, yes. That, that's how I remember it anyway. Yeah. Right? yeah. Or, or I got to check a headlight. Uh-huh. That was a point. You, you pull over by the side of the road and, and sort of hit a hubcap, and I, I got to go check the headlights. <laughs> I really, really, really hate to disappoint anyone. Ace and me, a family. And I kind of, it's not in the script, but I kind of added the sound of Hooks getting a coffee base here just to kind of give a little more life to the scene here. Yes. He comes yes. over to sit by her. Anybody would. And to give him something to do with his hands, because I'm sure he's very nervous about this discussion. Yes. <laughs> yes, I thought that was a lovely addition. Nobody wants to make him unhappy. But I suck. Oh, it's just that you, uh, you know, And, of course, Hooks refuses to use the word fired. Mm-hmm. Of course he, I mean, no, that's, <laughs> that ain't happening. So, I'm fired, right? No, no, no. I'll keep you on salary. I just want you to earn your pay by staying away. You're helping by not being here. And any That's right. Projects. What's the point? I remember I've had that with a couple of my nephews in the past. <laughs> You're helping by being in the other room, okay? Yeah. To do nothing. Well, let's just say you're on retainer. It's a lovely way to put it. I'm just going to enjoy my coffee yeah. now. Here we have the transport center. Mm-hmm. It has clearly a lot of machines moving things around. That's <clears throat> Sounds very much like a hangar. And that's uh, Jay Silver as the uh, transport center worker. He appeared, I think, in episode four. He had one line. So he, he was a runner-up for the uh, editor's role. So I wanted to give him a little more than just that one line you know? he had in the other episodes. So. Hopefully, yeah. he has a really good gravelly delivery. I don't know if that would have been right for Edders, but well, uh, it was a different take when when he auditioned for Edders. Oh, okay. But, um, it was a much more oh, a less skilled thespian. You're yes. saying, okay. Yeah. Uh, 
So, uh, yeah, I, I was very happy that he was willing and able to come back and uh, do this part. It's a little beefier part. And hopefully he'll, hopefully all of our actors who come in for this episode um, will come back and join us again. We love having you. Yeah. A lot of great performances in this episode. And um, I loved uh, Jay Silver's delivery of his first line. Mm-hmm. The one where he's, uh, yeah, okay, sure. Praise Gorlack. Whatever. <laughs> I'm yeah. saying this because I, I don't want to get fired. Right. Just don't kick it again. <laughs> yes, and a great kick the fuel drum sound. Thank you very many. Okay, I get that. Explosives? Yeah, that shit made me jumpy. As the plot thickens suddenly here. As we start to climb towards the climax of the season, folks. And what asteroid? You're on the security team, and you don't know. Fuck a monkey, it's already on the way. I gotta go. Hey, give me back my dock board! Fuck it. Yep, that's that's a that's such a worker droid. Yep. <laughs> Mindless drones, what fun they are. Oh, okay. This is like this is the one I did first. I really, really enjoyed this. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, Equilibrium sounds like it's been rebuilt nicely, finally, after uh Cruz blew the crap out of it a few episodes back. I did not. <laughs> he wasn't in his right mind, so we'll just uh, leave it that. <laughs> We call it dancing. <laughs> As we got the cute and lovely couple of Major and Kalok, uh, MCR Garcia, Jack Cock. Got it. <laughs> I, I love Major's snort laughing. Um, <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. I, that seems like a new a dimension of Major that's new this season. I, it's probably because it's something that I've enjoyed pulling <laughs> from her takes. I think I think it's an amism that's kind of crept into Major. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've. I deliberately chose that particular take just because it had the right sound. Yeah. Right. insufficient to convey my pleasure. When I watch your rhythmic movements, my plasmic vibrations synchronize. Now this was very well done, uh, Bruce. <laughs> to give you an idea what Bruce had to work with, the sound effects cue is Kalok quivers and make an alien sound like whale song with a tight vibrato. I think you've covered that. Well, it, oddly enough, it, it actually does use a, a whale song, and it uses a little bit of a lion roar, and it uses some stereo field rotation because, after all, he's he's swirling around there, yeah. churning, as it were. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, from dancing with a naked guy. Brilliant! It was excellent, excellent yeah. you know, sound effect. Watching my date churn butter in front of me. <laughs> I am not churning. I am deeply moved by interactions with you, Karen. And if it is not too soon to mention, I am eager for deeper and more private interactions. Yeah? Yeah, it's gonna be fun when this gets all squishy. But since you started, it's your responsibility to help me get you. Great response. Think you can handle the pressure? I look forward to the opportunity to handle the pressure. To increase it and then to release it. Then Let's they the they, they delivered your work very well, Perry. Yes. Yes. Yes, they did. Thank you. Rhythmic movement. And now we, we go to the house of Amargosa and Boussant, as it were. As Sox is just, uh, 
She's failed at everything, and she's falling quickly into a pit of despair. Means it's Asa's job to pull her out again. That's natural. After what you've been through. Because Edward Herman is Asa. He is, he's quite the backstop, that man. Yes. Who would have thought in season one the uh, kind of crazy homeless guy <laughs> would, would be back as a major power player and married to a lesbian? Yep. Welcome to the Kingery. And one thing I did here uh, with mixing this scene, as far as the music goes, I brought back the uh, kind of Emily theme I used a lot last season, the kind of creepy music box stuff ah. under her uh, under her ruminations here as she catches herself trying not to fall into the same trap as her mom. Because kind of the music I used when, her, when Emily got into her mind last season is that she would, that music would start up in the background. So I kind of used it again here. Probably the last time we'll use it. Uh, it seems like she's, she's cleared the demons after this. And, of course, as always, Renee just kills it here. Absolutely. Yeah, they both do. Take a breath. The quiver in her Sox voice has had a lot of, is yeah, really Sox well has had a lot of very heavy scenes, and those that, that quiver has really helped, yeah. Um, She's had some really heavy scenes this season. She has just done amazing work. Past couple of seasons, we've seen totally different sides of socks than we ever saw before. Character development. It's neat. Yeah. Watching this game. It's good. Mark plenty, but the... And I, I thought briefly, and even played with a little here about putting the, the, the faint sounds of a whip in the background. I was like, that's a little too much for that. Just let let her performance carry this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're the chorus and we agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can kind of see the little smile growing just a little bit there. And then it fades quickly at the end of this this line, right? And she realizes, yeah, she could become her mom, but she could, she can't. <laughs> that's right. Because that's just not because, the way she is. Yeah. Well, and because Asa always has the. I mean, he may be homeless. He may be whatever, but he seems to always have the clearest sight of what's really going on. Mm -hmm. Because um, he's seen some shit, man. <laughs> yeah. I could become her. I could become my mom. Socks, honey. You could never be Emily. Not in a million years. She loved power and the pain of others. And, and again, this comes back to the title, The Healing Work, because her work is healing others through hurting them, but still. I mean, we saw it with, with Hooks. You know, she was trying to help him there, and now, you know, that's what she does with this. You know, she's trying to give people what they want or need. Right. I enjoy it too. Okay, and if she happens to enjoy it, well, that's just a bonus. Before anything went bad. If you enjoy your work, you'll never work a day in your life. Something like that. That's right. Did you think I love making so much money, or I love being so powerful? I like to try and to relieve pain for people, but I fucked it. Don't worry about what happened. Remarkably well-grounded man. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What about working for hooks? Did you think about inventing something? Uh, did you, like, yeah, did not you discounting uh, Edward's performance here as Asa either. He does a really good job with this as well. Hooks. He, He's got yeah. way too much work and almost no. Yeah, he says, "Did you like the idea of having power over the automatic <laughs> doors without, <laughs> without cracking yeah. up?" So I think, I mean, that alone is excellent performance and. All the other stuff on top of that is gravy. All you want is to help other people. And there it is. That's right. We're purveyors of audio gravy. Gravy. They get pleasure. Donuts and gravy. There you go. You figure out what specific pain. I want to eat again. <laughs> gonna turn into your mom my god Asa, you're a fucking genius how did you figure that all out honey i just helped you listen and coming up here Asa's laughs that's actually pulled from a previous episode to to add in here with the (laughs) with the kisses this is why you keep stuff around you never throw things away yeah when it might come in handy again it's like he needed some sort of reaction there but i I didn't have anything there so it's like oh i know yep yeah no that was a really nice addition very, very nice. I like that. There you are. Now we're back one last time at the cafeteria of the Gorlockology Center here. We've got to leave, Dokken. Now. He went looking for you. And I like these people, Zeph. And this is the only uh, scene uh, at the uh, Gorlockology Center where we scored it. I, I decided to put a little music underneath here just to kind of... Help the tension grow here between them and towards the very end. No, you can't go with them. It's way too early in our relationship for you to boss me around. Then you're not the boss of me now. <laughs> oh yeah, judo chop. <laughs> what happened, Zeph? Is your friend all right? Right. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> yes, he's faded from all the spirituality. <laughs> He was overcome by the spirit. Uh, it's a marvelous, marvelous effort sounds and grunting yeah, yeah. from uh, <laughs> Brian Reed. Yes. Excellent work. And some good, good draggy body <laughs> sounds. Yes. Absolutely. And with that, we've reached the end of yet another episode here, folks. Um, I know we've only got two left this season. It's getting up, pretty exciting fast, now. Kids. We got the script for episode 12 not long ago, and uh, wow, <laughs> it's going to be a fun one. The next one will be fun, too, so come and look back and listen to them both. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, yeah. Dave and I managed to, to swap. He was on vacation for a large part of this episode's production, uh, and I was on vacation uh, in uh, recently, so uh, the next one coming up, he kindly took most of the hard, heavy lifting stuff and we're working well together, I think. Yes, yes we are. So, um, yeah, if you enjoy this, uh, let us know. Uh, find us on, on Twitter, at Pendant Web, on Facebook, Pendant Audio, on Tumblr. Um, of course, PendantAudio.com is our website. And if you like what you heard, uh, please leave us a uh, review on iTunes. Uh, we love those because that helps people find, find us. And um, 
So yeah, that just say uh, thank you to Perry for joining us. Oh yes, and thank you, Dave. Thank mm -hmm. you, Bruce, for your marvelous mixing, and thanks to everybody who contributed. Mm -hmm. Marvelous and episode. And we'll be back in 30 days. Uh, we'll have another episode. Renee Christine Jones will be uh, the writer on that one, so she'll be joining us. So until then, folks, we will see ya. Goodbye. Bye now. <laughs>